Hello and welcome. I am Tim Hutchings, and this is the EMS Podcast. Welcome to the first official episode of the EMS Podcast. I'm very excited to get this show started, so let's dive right in. As covered in the teaser, I've been in the emergency services for nearly 20 years now, and I've been serving half of those as an EMT. EMS is my chosen profession, and I love what I do, and I want to share that love with all of you. It's by no means perfect, though, and has plenty of room to grow, which is something I hope these conversations will offer some positive impact towards. On this week's episode, I want to spend some time talking about mental health, and specifically my experience with some strange feelings and how I got help. I'm not shy or embarrassed by what happened, and I want to tell my whole story. There aren't any gory details, so I don't think there's any need for a trigger warning here, but just in case, we will be talking about suicide and depression. Before getting into my story, I want to share a list of resources. If anyone you know is experiencing any issues at all, seek help. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. These numbers are available to anyone in the U.S. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be found at 800-273-8255. The Trans Lifeline, 877-565-8860. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. The Crisis Text Line, you can text HELLO to 741-741. And finally, the Veterans Crisis Line which can be found at 800-273-8255 and press 1. Of course, there's always 911, and you can also check with your employer for any employee assistance programs that they may offer. So getting into my story, I want to share this not as a guidebook for how these problems will present, but to show that I have no shame about what happened. I am okay with my diagnosis, my medications, and I am more than okay talking about it with anyone willing to listen. I do not see any of this as a sign of weakness. In fact, it makes me a stronger provider. It makes me better and more compassionate. My story is mine, but I hope that sharing it with the world will encourage more conversations. If me being open and honest about what happens helps even one person speak up about their own struggles, I consider this entire project a success. So a few years back, I had reached my limit. I was your stereotypical burnout medic. I had no patience, my bosses couldn't say anything without it pissing me off, and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. In EMS, the average life of a provider is about five years, and lo and behold, I was sitting at right around five and a half years. I always thought I had kept it away from the patient care side of things, until a partner pointed out that I just wasn't being nice anymore. I was fried. My coworkers were worried about me, my wife was worried about me, I just wasn't the happy person that they knew. I was angry at everything all the time. So I decided to step back. I went ultra part-time at all my EMS jobs and got a job working in corporate security. I didn't want to give up my card because deep down I still loved what I did, but I knew I needed to get away before someone got hurt. I didn't realize that someone could be me. During this period, I began developing anxiety. I was sick all the time, and I didn't realize it till much later. I was severely depressed. At first, I figured it was just because I had changed careers and was still dealing with the burnout of EMS. Then, one night, I caught a news segment about treating soldiers with PTSD by using MDMA and other psychedelics. I always had an interest in mental health and its various treatments, especially on the EMS side of things, because we're just so goddamn bad at it. But what really caught my attention was the gentleman they interviewed was describing my experience. 
almost exactly what I was feeling. He was hyper aware of everything around him. There was constant dread, waves of panic attacks, nonstop emotional distress to even the smallest things. I couldn't drive down the street without recalling every job I had taken on that road. I was reliving calls constantly. It wasn't even the major jobs, the ones that you'd think would upset most people. It was the small ones, the 3 a.m. lift assist, the widower with the fluer, the MHA at the high school. They all stuck with me. I was shutting down. I was staying in more, and if we went out, I couldn't switch out of what I call EMS readiness mode. Everything became a how-would-I-react-if type event. I couldn't sleep, and the sleep I was getting was barely worth it. But perhaps the worst thing about all this is I was hiding it from everyone I cared about, which was exhausting in its own way. I could laugh off a lot of things, hand-waving it at any little idiosyncrasy. And I'm sure if I look back on it now, it was pretty obvious what was going on, but I think I did a pretty good job of hiding it from everyone for a while. After seeing this special, and hearing this man speak, and doing some self-reflection to myself, I reached out for help from the pros. My job, thankfully, had an employee assistance program. It was an anonymous call line that offered up help with all manner of issues. I had some hesitation because I was worried that it would say, Dude, you're crazy. Get to a hospital and never get on an ambulance again, which is exactly what I didn't want. But I called anyways and explained my situation. After a little trial and error, I found a therapist that I really enjoyed talking with and who understood what it was we experienced on a daily basis. Not only did she understand what it was we experienced, she never diminished my feelings. That was big for me. We spoke regularly, and she quelled all of my fears. I knew that an ambulance wasn't going to come haul me away, so I could speak honestly with her. I could keep doing what I loved if I wanted to, but we'd have to find ways to cope, ways to address what was going on and how to work through it. After just a few meetings, I was formally diagnosed with depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. I continued my therapy and started some new medicine. I recently watched a stand-up special by a comedian named Neil Brennan. In it, he talked about depression. He said the following, Depression feels like you're wearing a weighted vest. I felt like I was at a disadvantage mood or energy-wise to my peers. It was never life-threatening, it was just life-dampening. The medication could take the weights out of the vest, but I still came across as either bored or cold or superior, none of which I wanted to come across as. That's nearly exactly how I felt during this. I never had thoughts of suicide, but I also didn't care about myself at all. It was truly life-dampening. I was able to stave off a lot of these emotions while handling emergencies daily because it was easy to move forward and let the achievements of the job cover the downer feelings. Once those achievements stopped, though, and I started working a more mundane job, I was crushed by the weight of it all. As I mentioned earlier, I was unable to turn off. I couldn't stop thinking about all the horrible things that could possibly happen during any event. I couldn't go to a hockey game without seeing a possible mass shooting situation. Uh, I was always worried about what was happening around me. It didn't help that there was a mass shooting nearly every day for about three years there, but it was something that just consumed every thought I had. Simple things like going out to dinner. I couldn't sit with my back to the door because I wanted to be able to see the exits and see who else was coming and going. I was always on high alert, and it just was draining. I couldn't enjoy anything because I was constantly worried about what was coming next. 
I grew equally frustrated with everyone around me because they weren't worried about these things, so I felt like I had to worry for them, which just amplified all of the problems that much more. The thing about this is it, it grows on you slowly. You don't realize it's happening. It, it, that weighted vest analogy is so apt because over time, just little weight is added here and there. It's an ounce of this, an ounce of that, and before you know it, you're carrying around an extra 50 pounds, both literally and metaphorically. Everything about this just wears on you. It, it's a constantly present, downer feeling. You don't fully understand what's happening because it does happen so slowly, but you know that everything around you just isn't the same as it used to be. Sure, I could still go out and laugh with my friends, but it felt fake. I'd never really felt like I was connecting with them, and because most of my core group of friends don't do this for a living, I I couldn't relate. I was growing apart from everyone around me, and I didn't really know who else to talk to. It was really scary. I, I, was, I was always worried about what other people would see in me, and then I got stressed out about that because I'm the kind of person who didn't care what other people thought about me. So it was this constant cycle of guilt and depression and just every single moment of every single day questioning every single thing that was happening for all variety of reasons. I also didn't want people to know that I was struggling because you're not supposed to hurt. People in this job are held up as the heroes and we all wear capes and we're super strong and nothing bothers us at all. So I thought that if I had let people know what was happening, that I would be seen as weak and I couldn't be the the provider that I was. I, I thought people would think less of me, and that scared the hell out of me too. I also didn't want my friends and family worrying about me. I know that the thoughts I was having were scary, and I knew that it would scare them even more because they weren't involved in what I do. And then I felt guilty because I was somebody who was surrounded by people who did love me and cared about me and, and wanted the best for me. And then I felt even more guilty because I knew that there were people experiencing the same exact feelings that I was having that didn't have this support system. And it was just this endless spiral of guilt. It just weighs on you constantly. But as all of this was going on, I was falling back in love with EMS again because the medicine was working, the therapy was working. So I was diving back into it headfirst, knowing that I needed to get more involved. Which also meant I was growing annoyed with the lack of empathy that other providers in my profession had. People weren't living up to the high standards I set for myself, and it was frustrating. This was especially true with our psychiatric patients. Providers were always treating patients with disrespect and the hospitals were just piling them up in the hallways. For me, the medicine and the therapy was working. I felt like a new person. Things were fun again. I knew that I wanted to get back into EMS full-time so I could be the change I wanted to see. I knew that meant I had to increase my education, though, so that I could move up the chain of command and get more involved in higher levels of EMS. So I signed up for the next available paramedic course and dedicated the next year of my life to it. In fact, just this afternoon, I took the state practical exam. More on that another day, though. While all of this was going on, I was constantly preaching positive patient interactions. 
I was talking with anyone who would listen about my experience. I began practicing what I preached. I took what I learned from my own personal therapy sessions and used it in the field. I offered more compassion to my patients. I I talked with them. I listened to what they had to say. I didn't judge anymore. I knew what they were going through, and I tried to care about that. And then I tried to advocate for them. I think that was the most important thing I could take away from all this. It was finding somebody to listen to me was the most important part of my care and my recovery. So hopefully I could be that person for somebody else. Nowadays, I've worked my way into a captain's position at my current agency, and I'm their public information officer, which is something I will use to speak loudly about provider mental health. I am grateful for my experience. I consider myself very lucky, though. I caught the problem early, and I faced it head-on. I was able to face it head-on because I had resources available to me, though. I have a very supportive family, a solid group of friends, and great co-workers, plus a job with decent benefits. I know this puts me in a position of privilege. I'm grateful I didn't fall into many of the standard trappings of this disease. I fortunately didn't get involved in boozing hard or experimenting with drugs. Thankfully, I never had suicidal thoughts. Our business is plagued with bad habits, terrible coping mechanisms, and way too much machismo. This idea that we have to be stronger than everyone else or that we're not allowed to feel pain, is just ridiculous. I encourage anyone listening to take an inventory on how you speak around your colleagues. And more important, to hear what your colleagues are saying. They may be crying out for help in the form of a joke, and if you're not listening, you just might miss it. Therapy and medicine was a major path to my success. And it's something I continue to this day. I know this is something I'll deal with for the rest of my life, and if I want to keep being a great provider, it's going to cost some mental health energy. But I think it's important that we take care of ourselves, because if we're not taking care of ourselves, how can we do well by our patients? To lighten things up a little and not just dwell on EMS, at the end of every episode, I'd like to get into what I'm just interested in. Uh, Talking about the world of music, movies, games, what have you. Uh, These are the things I do to keep my head right, and maybe they'll help you. Or they'll just turn you on to something new and exciting. So in the world of music, the new Run the Jewels album, RTJ4, has been on near constant repeat. It's a great hip-hop album from Killer Mike and LP, and uh, give it a listen. It's pretty damn good. And I know you're going to say, like, I don't like rap, but give it a shot. What's it hurt? These guys are doing some really, really impressive stuff right now, and it's it's a fun listen. In the world of movies, uh, unfortunately, there isn't much going on with COVID. I haven't been able to get to the theater. I'm dying to go back to the theater, but it's given me a chance to get caught up on some of my old favorites again. So I've been alternating episodes of Saved by the Bell, which is free on Peacock TV right now, along with my all-time favorite show, The The Wire, and uh, games. If you like gaming on the PS4, The Ghost of Tsushima. It's amazing. It looks great. It's fun to play, the story's solid, and it's got a Kurosawa mode. That's pretty badass. You can tell the developers really gave a shit when they put this thing together. The little details throughout the game are just fantastic. So that's it for this month. Next month, we'll hopefully be celebrating me passing the paramedic exam, and maybe even having our first interview. 
But I'm getting both my wisdom teeth out, which apparently still happens at 35. So uh, we'll see about that. In the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter, at PodcastEMS. The show is now on all major podcast platforms, so go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd like to thank you all for the support so far, and I look forward to next month. Until then, stay safe out there. Thank you.